Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back, Nation. This is the first new episode of Criminal Mischief. My name is Brandon Morgan. I produce the show for the great Carolyn Osorio, still in her Halloween colors. Would that be, don't tell me, is that like a, a dark umber or a burnt pumpkin? What color is that? Like a burnt pumpkin, burnt, burnt orange. Pumpkin. It's nice. Yeah, this is one of my fall jams. It's, uh, uh, it's almost like the, the Reese's color. <laughs> it looks like both of us are still living in Halloween past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm eating my kids' Halloween. I'm eating my kids' Halloween candy. I'm eating it. My question is, why aren't you eating your kids' Halloween candy? You know what? Because I'm actually being good, and Mm. you know, it's such a. I I can see you had the Reese's. What's your favorite? What's your absolute? I don't know. I I I eat all of it. I have some junior. I have junior mints that I'm going to get into in a second. (laughs) No, no, I'm talking about when you were a kid. Like, what was your favorite? Like, didn't you have, didn't you trade with your brother? I had, I had a very strange favorite candy growing up. Um, Gosh, if you say Twizzlers, I'm going to just go over there and like. Twizzlers was number two, but my number what? one. Yeah, Twizzlers are delicious, first of all. Of course. Um, I knew you were going to say Twizzlers. No, my number one, I don't think you'd ever get, very specific. I, I just couldn't get enough of watermelon flavored Jolly Ranchers. You know what? I felt the same way about pineapple Jolly Ranchers, mm. but they're really rare. They're rare. Pineapples, I'm not aware of that they even existed. Yeah. Right. It's like a the color of it is like a brownish yellow and it's mm. so delicious. But yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. But my favorite was the Snicker. And then my sister and I, she liked the Reese's peanut butter cup. And then nobody liked the Three Musketeers. So they were like, <clears throat> Three Musketeers know. are weird. They're like, the candy makes me tired. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but this does. It tastes tired. But it's... um. I wasn't really, yeah, I don't, I was never into like the, 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 the chocolate bars, like the Kit Kats or the hundred grands or the Milky Ways or anything like Gosh. that. Like I'll have one, I'll enjoy a Kit Kat every now and then. Okay. But I don't like, I'm not about like the chocolate candies, right? Like, And I'm, I'm all about it. So these are fighting words. No, these I'm more are... of like a gummy, I'm a gummy person a lot. Oh what do you think of chocolate covered gummies? What's your take on that? Nope. What's your hot nope. take? I think it's a bastardization oh. of a perfect candy and you, should, you you can't just put chocolate on something and instantly it's better. No, that's that's A lot of people do and they like it. No, it's a fallacy. Oh no, I you know what my son loves is the freeze dried. Have you tried that where they're it's like freeze dried and so it's like the gummies are or like that kind of candy is freeze dried and then it kind of tastes like space candy but it's like he he loves it. You should get him into therapy. uh, you've never even tried it before how can you say you don't like it you don't need to improve on something like a haribo gummy bear you don't have to it's perfect okay well i I, you don't need to improve on swedish fish you don't need to improve on sour patch kids this is funny because a lot of people don't like swedish fish but i actually really like swedish delicious they're delicious right okay all right all right well there's something wrong with you no Twizzlers are a perfect candy. They're delicious. But um, why? Listen, I'm not. I'm not hating on red vines. You know, in terms of the like the the mass market like licorice wars. Okay, I'll enjoy right. a box of red vines at a movie in Los Angeles because California West Coast is red vines, East Coast is Twizzlers. I didn't know what red vines were until I moved west. 
I didn't know that Twizzlers were an East Coast thing. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so no you would actually have had to grow grow up eating Twizzlers to appreciate a Twizzler because I grew up eating red vines. So yeah. like when I they just were, they, they didn't exist. They didn't exist. I was like, what what is this? This is disgusting. It, it's just but how it awesome. was. Listen, where I grew up in North Jersey, <clears throat> things I didn't know about that like existed until I moved. And this was in the nineties, so it was a while ago, but like I didn't know about red vines. I'd never had Mexican food. And, uh, and I never had sushi like those, there are probably a few other things, but those were the first three real big ones. Sushi, I still don't do, but now, I mean, living in, in, in Southern California, there's, I'm within five blocks of seven, like awesome Mexican restaurants that I eat at mm. all the time. You know, mm. I, I, I cook Mexican food now. It's, it's really, that's been, it's become a staple of my diet, but, um, until then, no, man, yeah, you were missing out. Strange. Yeah, really strange. Speaking of New Jersey, um, you decided to kick off Criminal Mischief with a banger. Okay. Right? Well, this was your recommendation. I didn't I didn't need to know <clears throat> that the phrase family annihilator existed within the FBI lexicon. I didn't need to know that. Really? You'd never heard of that <clears throat> before? I'd never heard that it happened so frequently that there was a term for it within the FBI, a family annihilator. Yeah. Yeah. These guys who, you know, it's like that Watts guy, you know, I mean that, that. It's a very is, dramatic you know term. Case? Yeah. It's very dramatic. Well, it's a very dramatic act. So I guess it requires I a dramatic do, term. I so. Yeah, absolutely. So what were you, what did you think? Um, uh, did you heard of the case before? <clears throat> I had not. I came across it just kind of tangentially when I was, uh, uh, researching something else, um, the DB Cooper connection for a different show that I had done. I did a a podcast called X Marks the Spot, um, and the man <clears throat> Forrest Fenn, who was responsible for burying, not burying, sorry, hiding. He would have admonished me right there. I never said buried for hiding a two million dollar treasure in the Rocky Mountains. Um, there was rampant speculation that he was actually um, D.B. Cooper. So I did a deep dive into the whole D.B. Cooper situation, which is a really fascinating story. Um, and this guy's name came up because the timing matched mm -hmm. like perfectly. Now look, the timing for Forrest Fenn also matched really perfectly um, in terms of how did he have the money to do what he did on a like Air Force retiree's salary with you know, a wife and four kids. Okay. Well, wasn't he an art dealer? Yeah. But how, where did he get his seed money to become an art dealer? Cause he went, he showed up in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico and bought like a huge art gallery and had all of the seed money to start his collection. And, and he had enough money to basically, it's like he had fuck you money. Cause he was able to do whatever he wanted within a very strict and regimented and, and, and not easy to break into art world in Santa Fe. Um, but he just, he did it. And so everyone was like, where did he get the money? Where did he get the money? And so many things lined up, right? Like his aviation experience, he was a pilot, fighter pilot in oh, Vietnam. He, he had parachuted out of airplanes before solo. Uh, he had survival mm -hmm. skills. He had vast knowledge of different types of aircraft. And the aircraft that D.B. Cooper hijacked um, was the only uh, commercial aircraft, twin engine jet engine, uh, sorry, twin engine jet aircraft at the time that had an aft staircase like right at the tail of the oh, plane. Right. 
Yes, yes. Tail. Have you yep. seen that image of, like, yeah. of that and then flying off? Yeah. Have you seen that like cartoon? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really brings it into perspective of what that would actually be like. Absolutely. You know? So you would imagine that someone with some experience and, and Forrest Fenn's experience was far more, I mean, incredible than that. He was shot down over Laos and had to like eject and like all that kind of shit. So, but anyway, so you know, debunked? was it debunked with Forrest Fenn? You, you know, he didn't admit it uh, mm-hmm. before he died. And if his family knows they're not saying anything, but, but it's, it's one of those enduring, you know, myths in, American pop culture where we'll never know. Right. And, and that's, that's the same with this guy, with John list. Like right. he said, he didn't do it, but they, there's still people who believe that he did. And it still comes up just because of the timing and, you yeah. know, he had nothing to lose and you know, all of that. And more, much more so than Forrest Fenn, the artist's rendering of what DB Cooper looked like the picture, the Wikipedia picture of list in jail when he's an old scraggly man. Like that's an older version of the artist sketch of DB Cooper. You know, that's the only thing that made me go, holy shit, that looks a lot, a lot like the guy. But then I don't think he has the, it just doesn't seem like he has the spirit of adventure to, to do something. Absolutely like yeah. not. You know, absolutely. The obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. I mean, he could not be Mr. Cool guy like DB yeah. Cooper was. So same question for you. Did you know anything about this case before I mentioned it to you? Um, I had watched The Watcher, which was a popular show on Netflix that was great. And um, so I know that that wasn't, you know, it was a, kind of an idea based on the John List um, situation. But um, I didn't know tons about it, you know. So um, and, you know, it's hard, you know, it's all the cases to cover are hard. But when a, a father, you know, annihilates his entire family, you know, it's. It's just the trust and the the misplaced trust. I mean, it's just yeah. it's, it's just horrendous, you know. I could t- I could sense that it was weird. I, I really enjoyed the way that you that you laid this story out because you laid it out very clinically, as if you had kind of assumed some of the some of the attributes of this guy's personality because you laid it out very in, in a regimented kind of compartmentalized way. And the only time, and you know, and I get very emotional about this shit when it comes to, you know, kids dying and all that shit. But um, the only time where I went oh, with his son that he had to shoot like 10 times, right? Because everything else was clean, boom, back of the head, boom, don't see it coming, boom, put them in a sleeping bag, arrange them in the room, cover their faces, like all of that shit. Um, <clears throat> but, but, but before we get to all that, which we already kind of did, but, um, so he was an accountant. He worked at a bank. Had yeah. This huge house in Jersey. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, very- you know what's weird about it's what's weird about that house is that you know, I was surprised that for how regimented he was and how risk averse he seemed, he then like is underwater and like goes crazy and buys this really expensive house that they could not afford. And I guess, you know, they couldn't, I mean, it just seems out of character for him, you know, to, to, I mean, that, that's what risk takers do. You know, that's like living above your means. That's not like buttoned up accountants who, you know, count widgets. You know what I mean? No, And maybe, I I mean, maybe he knew that, you know, the Tiffany glass was like an investment piece or something like who knows, but 
But, but I what agree. I found out, and, and I don't know if this is true, is that um, if he would have just sold that Tiffany, it was like, so $100,000 back in the day was like $700,000. So that would have wiped out all of his debt. But I think that that, um, you know, keeping up appearances, keeping up with the Joneses was so important to him, was so vital. It was everything to him that he would rather murder his entire family than be ashamed of not being a it's provider. So weird. It's so weird because, because what, like if he sold the glass, people in town would know, oh, he sold the glass. He must be broke. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, like move, like move. You know, sell the glass, you know, and, and, and I get uh, having this vision of like wanting to buy, I love diamonds in the rough, like buying some property and like totally redoing it and making it really cool. And, you know, maybe putting too much money into it that you don't have, but then, I mean, it's just kind of like the spirit of the American dream if you can do it. Right. But this just seems out of whack, you know, that it's like almost gross for this three, you know, family with just three kids. And then they've got the mom living upstairs and they have this huge palatial mansion, 19, yep. 18 or 18 rooms and a wow. ballroom. Um, it just, it just doesn't track, but it obviously did, you know, so he was very ego driven, right? I he- think that when you look at things behind the scenes like that and really analyze it, but on the surface, I don't think that it was apparent because he was very mild mannered. Right, like, but he, he was afraid. He didn't tell his wife that he got fired. He was going to the train station every day and reading the paper right. when he was supposed yeah. to be at work. And so it was <laughs> very strange movie comparison here. But did you ever see The Full Monty? Remember that movie, The Full Monty? Yes, I do. But I don't remember. Uh, I remember liking it, but I don't remember everything about it. Tell yeah. me. First of all, mid-90s or something? Yeah, this is a terrific, terrific movie. Um, It's about four guys or five guys, whatever, you know, in a really kind of financially depressed UK. uh, Oh, right. And they, and they, they, they're going to dance nude. Okay. Mm -hmm. For a one night, like all male review to try and sell out this club to make a bunch of money in one night. And so Mm -hmm. it's all just these kind of misfit ragtag guys you know, one guy's like a grifter, another guy's an out of weight work like waiter or whatever. And but then the older guy, who's um, like a professional, you know, like reminded me of, of List, right? A really buttoned up, like accountant, very very similar to List. He loses his job, which is why he's doing this dance thing. So when he tells his wife he's going to work, he's actually going to rehearsal, and he's just trying to get to the show so he can get the money or like get another job. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene. There's a great scene where his wife finds out because someone makes a mistake and mentions it to his wife. And and he like breaks down and he's so mad at the guy. He's like, she didn't have to know. She didn't have to know that I got fired. I could have taken a loan from the new company. I could have gotten an advance of my first paycheck. And she never, like he was so scared of his wife finding out that mm-hmm. he was a failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. He didn't then go and fucking kill everybody. He's just like, oh, my wife left me and now I'm going to, I have my new friends and I'm going to go dance naked and see what happens. And it was a great movie. Um, But so it it just, it it reminded me of that. But I think that's the ultimate vulnerability. I mean, I just showed you my recording equipment and you were making fun of me because the audio was so terrible in this. And I totally apologize to everybody listening. Wrong, wrong. It wasn't, I wouldn't classify it as recording equipment, first of all. 
Okay, okay. stop. I know you're going to win and I can't allow you to win. Okay. The point that I'm trying to make is that you need to feel safe when when you were telling somebody something. When you're yeah, revealing absolutely. Something. And clearly the partner that he was with and the situation that he was in, you know, he did not feel, and I'm not putting this on his family at all. I'm just saying maybe this would have changed had he done the full Monty, had he had friends that he could go and and talk to and share and dance and all that with, and he was just in his own head. He's responsible for six people, four kids, a syphilis inflicted, afflicted wife, right? And his mom up on the third floor. What the fuck is an 85-year-old doing on the third floor? You know what? Because she can't come down the stairs, so they never have to deal with her. That's why you put someone on the third floor. So he was dealing with a lot of shit. You and he didn't deal so. with it well. And he didn't deal you with it well. So. Yeah. Um, you think so? It's interesting because it's like, just sell the house. But, but <laughs> you know? appearances, 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 right? To not just his wife, to his kids, to his mom, to the town, to his everybody. So the other thing that it reminded me of is when I was my first year out of high school, one of my best friends was a year below me in high school. His name's Steve Farrell. Great kid. He lives in Baltimore now. Um his wife and his son. And uh <laughs> so we were really, really good friends. And he was friends with my older brother as well. And so that summer. His parents uh, were like, you have to go get a summer job. He goes, I will. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go get a job. So we didn't know this. Okay. We didn't know that he promised his parents he was getting a job. He just showed up at our house every morning and he'd have breakfast with us. And then he'd sit in the living room with my brother and they'd play Tetris for like eight hours. Okay. Because my brother was home from college and just didn't want to do anything. Oh my gosh, your brother was in college and he was playing Tetris? Yeah. And then college didn't last long for my brother. And then after like... (laughs) almost five weeks of this, my mom just asked Steve, Steve, what do you, I mean, what's going on? We love you. And you're, you're welcome here all the time, but like, don't you want to go do anything for the summer? She, she goes, he goes, Oh no, no, Miss Morgan. My parents think about looking for a job. So I, I can't go home. I got to like, I got to be here. And my mom was like, what the fuck are you talking? You're going to go get a job. He goes, Oh, come on. It, so it, it's a much, obviously a much more benign, version of this but uh but this kind of like i'm afraid to tell people the truth i'm afraid to i don't want to or i'm unable to do what is expected of me so instead mm-hmm. i'm going to live a lie to varying degrees well and that's what's interesting about the the bust that was created and it wasn't just based on looking at other pictures and looking at his parents but it was also the psychological that yes. freaked me and- out i made a note about that I was like, this artist isn't really, what did I write? He's not just an artist. He's uh, oh, what did I say? I don't even remember. Oh, he's <laughs> interesting stuff about the sculptor, really more like a profiler, right? Like that's yeah. what affected the sculpture, like the sagging this and the big thick glasses to hide behind. And I'm like, holy shit, this person's is gonna, right. he's looking into my soul. But I, I mean, my glasses like, off. I'm not hiding behind anything. You're hiding. Well, you've got glare glasses. You're like, look at me. I'm just like, you look can't. At me. I don't want you to see my eyes. See right there. <laughs> Boom. You can't see I what, can I, what, I'm, what I'm looking the at. Glare. Like glare. Yeah. Um, but it's. I think it's like we love that, right? I mean, it's just so like 
it, it was full circle. It happened immediately, like I think 10 days after the show came out and the glasses were exactly, the glasses that he picked were the exact glasses. Yep. I mean, it's just incredible. And that just shows the power of, you know, it doesn't always solve things, but it really, when it does, it's really satisfying, especially in this case, because this guy thought, hey, you know, yep. if they had not done this, he would still, he would have still been, he probably never would have been caught. A lot of people have just gotten away with shit and and changed their identity and moved and lived out their lives and died. And some of them are, you know, some of them decide to, you know, leave these notes or deathbed confessions, you know, and those are very, very interesting stories. Um, but this guy, you know, thankfully he got caught. But I mean, let's talk about how he he murdered like an accountant would murder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very, very well thought out, cold, calculating. And and did you hear the judge? The judge, you know, is a, wants to be a writer. Coldly calculating, cunningly conceive and carry out a cowardly. I mean, all that alliteration, the judge was really happy with when he wrote that opinion. You know that, right? The judge was <laughs> well, like, fuck yeah, that was nailed it, nailed wow. it. Dismount. Yeah. You, I mean, You're welcome, yeah. Jerry. Um, yeah. But so no, but this guy, so he, so List uh, left the lights on, left music playing, turned the AC all the way up to slow the decomp, you know? Um, I didn't get the lights part. I wondered if that was a mistake. Maybe. You know, I don't know. I mean, because that's what I'm saying. That might have been like one, because that was one of the things, like, why would these lights be on? You well, know, he probably the thought that the yeah. lights would, light bulbs would last longer than they did. But normally, if you see lights on, you're like, oh, someone's home. Everything's cool. And you leave the house right, alone. Right. But they were all supposed to be on vacation. So it's like. That's a problem. That, right? that's, see, but that's the other know, thing. He let everybody know, don't worry if you don't see us for a month. So no one even thought about it for a month, you know? Right, right. Really but I'm smart. just saying, I think I think he overlooked the lights thing. I think that was, I think he overlooked it, you know? Yeah. And then the fact that he, he murders all of them and then stays the night and sleeps. Yeah. Well, for a lot you of know? this, a lot of this, reading his letter, the explanation Unfortunately, it could be um, because because Jesus, right? Yeah, um, because I of, just you know, uh, listen. I mean, it was encapsulated really well. You had a line where you um, I don't I don't think I wrote it down specifically. Um, all right, there it is. Yep. Since he did what he did, he guaranteed that his family would go to heaven didn't allow his daughter to become a filthy actress, right? And move to LA and, 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 and destroy the family name. Guaranteed that they would go to heaven. And he knew that he could confess and also mm -hmm. go to heaven. So that's mm -hmm. the problem, obviously, right there. My major problem, um, one of many, with Christianity specifically, when you have, when you call something a religion that's actually you know, a cult of human sacrifice, you get these ideas, right? You, you get the ideas. I think that in religion, you know, in, in all across all religions, there's people who pervert, you know, teachings that other people absolutely believe in. And this was a massive perversion for his own purposes. I don't think it's a perversion. It's, it's, it's scripture. So it is. 
You confess your sins, you go to heaven. That's it, period. No, no matter what it is. If you accept Jesus into your heart before you die, you can do anything that you want, right? I, but, well, I think there needs to be a clause in there, and maybe there is. That they've, been, says, they've been pushing the Vatican for, for generations because the Vatican, I think they finally switched course on it, but like children that die before they're baptized, children, mm-hmm. blameless, okay? Mm-hmm. They go to purgatory. Mm-hmm. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like actual believers, Catholic Catholics who have that horrible tragedy of losing a child before baptism or before, but it doesn't matter before baptism, losing a child. And then they're also saddled with the additional burden of knowing that they're not going to be able to see their kid in heaven when they die because they're in purgatory. And the, and the church has turned a blind eye. They go, hey, look, that's what that's what God says. That's what the big dude upstairs says the, the, the facts are. So that's how it is. Because according to the scripture, we are born in sin and then commanded to be well, right? So this is, I, a, is a manifestation of that, and but you hear it laid out perfectly because he said it. I killed them so I know that they went to heaven and I will confess my sins and I'll see them in heaven when I die. And he was cool with it. I think he was, I, and that's why this is so hard because mm-hmm. the idea, I mean, I know right now Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, believes that he's been saved and proselytizes to the people who write into him and has a whole marketing machine behind that to like bring a flock. And and it and it the idea that 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 they think in their minds that they will be saved is is just another layer of um just it makes me sick. Yeah. You know, son of Sam, a fraction of Ridgway's body count. David Berkowitz, okay? Son of Sam. Uh, killed six, wounded seven, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in the 70s in New York. Uh, you know what his, his new name is now? He's not the son of Sam anymore. He's the son of Hope. And he runs a Christian ministry. Yeah, that he started at fucking Attica stay, upstate in New York, okay? And and he's like, that's cool. That's what I. That's what I do now. Because Jesus loves me and I'm going to heaven because I confessed and I know what I did was wrong. Okay, but this is what I'm doing now. And I'm helping these other hardcore criminals find Jesus so they can also wipe their conscience clean and scapegoat it and put it all on Jesus. Do you think that John List actually believed that? Do you think that or do you think that he used it for his own purposes you know, convince himself. Do you think he actually believed it? It's a dangerous question to ask me. And, and because I vacillate a little bit, I, do I, do I believe that people have strongly held legitimate religious beliefs today? I'll say, yes, I, I think, I think so. Yes, I think so. I also think that a lot of people, uh, use that as as a shield more than as you know like a lot of the evangelical christians a lot of these people that you know that claim to follow jesus but then hate immigrants right and hate gay people and hate you know completely like subverting the teachings of jesus which is love thy neighbor as you love yourself welcome the immigrant as if you you know and and so it's it's just the hypocrisy of it is 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 really gross um 
Well, and that's why I was talking to Ken Lanning about like, okay, wait, number one, thou shalt not kill. Sure. Like if you do, you know, that he should, that should have stopped everything, right? From that's the Old Testament. That's right, old, exactly. That's Old that's Testament. But then, like, but then, no, no, but then here comes the Nazarene, right? Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Through me, you get to heaven. Come on. If you don't, you burn in everlasting fire for all of eternity. But I love you. So come on. Oh my gosh. You know, so, I know. It's, it's, so it's, all it's, of that Old Testament where God is a bully and, and is going to you know destroy you and there are all of these commandments and all the shit you can't do. The New Testament, there's 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 a, a ripcord. You can say, oh, wait, wait, I can just do this. Oh, and I'm cool now. Great. Well, what do you think about the letter? What did you think about the letter? It's like he was leaving instructions, like he was going on vacation and leaving instructions for the person who was house sitting. Like it was so coldly written, in my opinion. Um, yeah. No, not to say anything of your performance. Not to say anything of your performance. Your performance was spot on. Um, but... Are you, I can't, I can't figure out. No, no, no. I I love your, your, your acting chops. They're great. Um, But he wrote it, you know, he he was, again, finding the, it was to a, a clergy member, right? Explaining, laying out his case to a member of the cloth who would understand it. I'm sure this clergy guy's going, oh, too bad, but... He gets in, he gets in, he gets his eternal reward because he knows how the, he knows the rules, you know, and too right, bad he to do all this. But wouldn't that mean that he would have to actually confess it to somebody? Uh, I, you know what? It depends on which branch of Christianity. I think it's, if you, if just Jesus is in your heart, right? If you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and savior before you die, I don't know if it, if you have to proselytize it or if you have to shout it from the rooftops or if you, you know, the Quakers are like, you know, the Lord dwells within and can be summoned with a whisper. You know, you don't have to like scream it. Right. Um, but then well, I mean, I think that's you a, have the Baptists that are like, you know, the louder, the better. So you never know. I, I think that's an interesting thought because or thought experiment of, so if he did confess it within his religion, mm-hmm. would the, the preacher then not be able to tell police, like, here's John List. He's been, you know, I mean, it, look, that's a covenant between you and your, and your clergy. You know, it's, it's, it's the same, like talking to a doctor, talking to your lawyer. I think there's the crime fraud exception to all of it. Or if you're going to hurt yourself, or if you tell the priest, I'm going to go kill somebody, or I'm going to kill myself, then yeah, I think they're bound, you know, by, 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 uh, you know, contemporary kind of laws to report that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because if he actually believed that, then he should have confessed right away to somebody and then taken his punishment for it and then been able to go to, to heaven once he, you know, if that was his belief system, you know, yeah. he didn't have to, you know, get to live his life. Sure. Okay. Running from it, running from it right. lets us know that he knows he did something fucking horrible. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that he <laughs> totally full circle, like yeah. it was never about the religion. It was what he, he used it to you know, do whatever he wanted. He lived like a life for almost another 20 years. He got remarried. Colorado's beautiful, right? I mean, he was living in Denver. It's a great city. It's, he found an accounting job, you know, the clear air. Why not? I mean, a girl? I just like, he could have just walked away. You know, we always, we always talk yeah. about this and it's like, just walk away. Yeah. And I, I met, 
Yeah, I know. You're right. and, and I missed something and I felt like a moron. So when all of his, the pictures of himself that he cut out of all the pictures in the house, I was like, what is he doing? Is he going to go make a bunch? Does he need them for like fake IDs? I, like that's where my head went. Cause I, I had so many fake IDs before I turned 21. Right. You need a picture that looks old or whatever. Um, <laughs> but did he really have someone who was like five one? <laughs> I'm like, here. <laughs> this is me. It worked. it worked. No, I don't think I was like that. Mine never worked. The only one that ever worked for me is I had a roommate that I looked a lot like, and he was three years older than me. So I could drink on his ID starting when I was 18. It was great. Um, but uh, but no, so he cuts out all those faces from the pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think he really had the foresight? It was like, so no one will be able to tell anyone what I look like or show anyone what I look like? Well, it, it worked, Brandon. And he- I, I know, but- okay. Did you see his picture? I mean, he looked like the most boring- unidentifiable, but I can't even think about what he looks like right now from that right, You're a cop. What's Who's the first person you call then? Any, his parents or brothers or sisters or any siblings or any family or friends. I'm like, hey, you got a picture of this guy. Like, did he make sure no. that all pictures of him were destroyed? Well, you got to remember, this is before the digital age. So it's Oh yeah, like, sure. Of course. Uh, but so, uh, And he seems like the type of person where he probably didn't have a lot of friends. And maybe he was the type of person that when there's a photo, he's like kind of slinking over or he's just not involved. Yeah. You I mean, know, he must have known. You're, you're 100% right because it worked, right? Yes. Like that was obviously something that he thought through and got rid of all of the evidence and it worked because mm -hmm. there were no other pictures that they got. They had one. They found one picture of this fucking guy. Yeah. And he was an only child. And like if his, you know, we don't know. It sounds like his parents were very religious and his mom was very overbearing. And, you know, if they're not the type of parents who took a lot of pictures, you yeah. know, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that clearly he knew that there weren't a lot of pictures out there because why would he take the time to cut them out if he knew, yeah. hey, there's probably only like one or two and, yeah. and I'm good to go. Well, but then if he did, he did everything like an accountant would, including he bought a gun the way an accountant would a, would buy a gun instead of the way a criminal would buy. He should have bought a gun the oh, way right. a criminal would buy a gun. Right. He, he did it permit. legal and got the permit and got fingerprinted. And that's what wound up fucking him up. Right. Mm -hmm. He could have just, he could have just hopped over any of the Hudson river crossings and been in the city and bought a gun off the street with no fucking, <laughs> with no questions asked like in a second, but he probably didn't know that, you know? And he went and he did it the right way. And that that's what got, honestly, that's what got him. Right. Because the fingerprint. Right. Cause I was actually, I was actually thinking that through and I'm like, well, didn't they take a bunch of fingerprints at the helm at the house that night? You know, because this, this is the only one they had uh, was the, the permit fingerprint. I mean, it just seems like. Gosh, wouldn't did, they did he wipe everything down? I that mean, would be did crazy. he? If he, if he wiped mean, everything down yeah, in the house, what I'm saying in a 19 room, an eight, I don't know right. if it was 19 rooms or 18 rooms plus the ballroom, but and his car I mean, at Kennedy I, Airport, right? His car was way out at Kennedy, and did he wipe that down? Because Kennedy Airport's far. I mean, like a two-hour drive to get out to Long Island from New Jersey. I think that he must have because they were like showcasing like the fingerprint. Yeah, you know. And, and had he not done that, like, how would they have proven that it was him? You know, if they exactly. hadn't, you yeah. know what I mean? If they didn't yeah. have fingerprints. 
would that have been reasonable doubt? Like that's scary sure. to think about. That absolutely would have. Yeah. I mean, because otherwise think about it the other way. If, if I'm, if I'm his defense attorney, okay. Mm-hmm. With, in the absence of that fingerprint, yeah. you know how far, you know how much I would just tear into the whole America's most wanted sculpture kind of thing. You can make that, you can make that seem ridiculous in, in a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but- I don't know if you've seen it, but the glasses and then the side by side. Sure. Yeah. And you know, if I'm the defense attorney, I walk in, I walk in with 10 dudes off the street that look just like that motherfucker with the glasses, with the fucking skinny neck, like all of that. Okay. All right. You could do it, but that's why you need the corroborating evidence. You know, is this like another fantasy of you being a defense attorney with karate and (laughs) karate defense attorney? That's and like everybody, right everybody looking at you and just like, oh, he did it again. That guy knows karate. And he's a kick-ass attorney. Yes. He defends. He defends. And, I, and, I, and I, here and he would be the hook in every episode. Right before the jury comes back, I tell the defense attorney, I'll fight you for it. <laughs> and they know not to like, because I know karate. Trick. There's a billboard with you. With you like floating on a cloud. No, there's me doing a front kick. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Zen part about it is a big deal. With a briefcase and like in my karate outfit. Oh my gosh! I'll fight for you. Yeah, um, yeah. Would be a great show. Have fun with that. Be a great show. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think that it would be interesting to. Um, that would have been interesting to, if, if they didn't have any other fingerprints, it just really would show his, I mean, I, th- I still think he would have been convicted, but you know, because of the scar and, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of other evidence, but, um, and is there a better idea for speaking of, of stupid ideas for television shows, a really great idea? America's most wanted. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? Like that shit actually works. You mean a reboot of that? I think it's no, no, no. just just the show in general. Oh, right. right. I mean, that's, I was totally thinking that too. How and that how they're born like, from I can such a terrible tragedy. Okay. Yeah. The guy mm-hmm. loses his son in a, in a horrific, horrific way. Mm-hmm. And he turns all of that simmering fucking anger into, mm-hmm. I'm just going to catch as many of these motherfuckers as I can. And I'm going to have a huge audience on network television every week. And all of these people just sitting on their couch, sipping beer and eating TV dinners are going to go, I know that motherfucker and call in and I'm going to be famous for a minute. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. Well, and we know that we're going to be having an announcement pretty soon about a, a reward and a call in. So uh, that's, that's kind of a tease that I couldn't resist. But no, it's true. I didn't even yeah, think about like, that I one. It, when you think about a show like that, and here's the thing, the genius thing about it is that at first, I'm sure the producers were like, mm, it's a really old case because it was the oldest case they'd ever covered. Yeah. And we don't have any photos, you know, because they're thinking, OK, how can we stretch this out into a, an exciting segment? You know, and then somebody's like. <laughs> right, we're gonna we're gonna add a sculpture. A forensic sculpture artist is gonna come in and blow your mind with the glasses <laughs> and the scar and the loose jowl and all that kind of stringy fucking hair. Weird looking dude at the end there, but you know they got him. They got him. It they worked. Got his it. neighbor in Denver. His neighbor in Denver. The woman that introduced him to his wife, right? Yes. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. 
We think is what if he's watching TV with his wife that night? Put put me in that room. If List is oh watching God. TV, his wife's going, wait a hold on a second. Would you actually want to be a fly on the wall in that room? I would. I totally would. Oh to be one like- of, or, or to be anyone who's profiled on America's Most Wanted and then realize that they're on that they made the show. Oh right? Like <laughs> how scary. How, first of all, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, that's, that's, that's a hey, level of criminality. Yeah, it's a pretty high level of criminality. Like you've arrived, you've made it, but then you've got to go like deep underground, right? And right, wonder, yeah. wonder who's going to give you up. So he had lived in Denver and then recently they had moved to Virginia. Virginia so that's right. where he was. And he'd gotten a job as a an accountant. Surprise, surprise. Another accountant. And his, and his new wife was like, he didn't do it. This isn't the husband that I know. I mean, right. can you imagine from her perspective, like what that would be like, yep. you know, knowing mm-hmm. that he'd been living this lie, this horrible, horrible secret and you're, he's your partner. I mean, gosh, I mean that you'd almost <laughs> have to do that. That's what it's I'm, that's so- why I'm saying. Like, this is, the, these are hard ones because it's like, the annihilation of a family, you know, it's just, it's, it kind of just takes your breath away. It's so awful. But and then I think after that, I mean, it gets into, it's like, it's like Dostoevsky and right. Did you have you read crime and punishment with Raskolnikov? Like what's, what's you know, worse so long ago. Mm-hmm. is worse is committing murder or getting away with it. Right. Like, are you, is he, is he haunted by, these are his kids that he raised well, four kids. Yeah. Well, that's why I was, for me, the religion part is not so much like I want to damn like you do. I, that's not what appeals to me about thinking about and talking about the story. Mm. What appeals to me about it is the, the idea or as a thought experiment, like that he actually believed it, that he could do this to his children and think that it was okay. Right. You know, and, and what it takes to get into that mindset and, and what ma- manipulations and lies you have to tell yourself. And if yeah. he actually believed it or if it was just like, this is what I'm going to say, you know, because I got to say something. See, you know, that's that's really interesting. And, and there, I don't think there's a there's a hard and fast answer for it. I don't have an, an opinion on it. You know, you can make it I can make an argument either way. <clears throat> um, but what I what just popped into my head, the great late great uh christopher hitchens he was this you know great atheist and uh uh religion hater and he wrote great books and he was so well read and 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 so well spoken and i've watched so many of his lectures and his debates and one of the things that he always goes back to and i forget who the quote was but he would always quote this person that he would say um uh good people will do the best that they can bad people will do the worst that they can but to get a good person to do a wicked thing requires religion. And so. Well, I would say it just requires somebody who can really manipulate. And usually it is cult leaders or religious groups that go way out of bounds and way out of, you know. Right. But what do you, right. But to really parse that, that, that quote, I think what he's talking about is you need a religion that boasts um, revealed truth Okay. From a supernatural being. So you can't really question it like, Oh, these are the rules. So they have to be true. And that allows a framework for, for you to be forgiven no matter what it is. 
Absolutely. Okay? That, I mean, that, that what you're adult. doing is righteous. Look at the, you know, the, the Crusades, for example, or the Inquisition, for example, like all of these things where otherwise normally cool people and good people wouldn't think about murdering someone. Be like, oh, they get caught up in this. Oh, well, I have to, God wants this to happen. And it's okay if I do it because it's righteous and I will be forgiven and I'll still get in the kingdom of heaven and I'll get my eternal reward, right? So for this guy to look at his four beautiful children and his loving wife and his mother that raised him to say, the best thing that could happen to them, the best thing right now is for me to put a fucking bullet in each one of their heads because that guarantees that they'll get into heaven. And then I will confess and I'll ask for forgiveness and then I'll see him later. Then what? They'll apologize over what, like bucket of popcorn up in heaven? Say, hey, remember that time I shot you in the face? I'm really sorry, but it was the best thing at the time. I was doing it for you. I was doing it. Doing it because I I love you. Right. And I think that, you know, there's, there's, again, it comes down to human nature, a really charismatic leader, that framework that's required, like the hail bot people. You know, I mean, Heaven's that became gate. their religion, that Heaven's Gate. I mean, that, that when I, I remember that so clearly Me because too. it was so like, what? You know, yep. remember all their clothes like neatly folded and piled up with their shoes on top and they were in some weird bunker and then it no, showed no, they the were in a weird bunker. They were in a palatial estate outside of San Diego and they were all they dressed were in all okay. black. And they yes. had on and they had on black Nike decades. They all had the same shoes on. That's right. But and weren't the they in last, bunk beds or something? All in bunk beds, like a military yes. like kind of cots. Yes. And then yeah. the beer leader covered all of their faces with a cloth and then went and then he drank his Kool-Aid. And then and then they were all gone, like 40 fucking people. Because, right. And here's the, the yeah. problem, not to cut you off, but I, no. I'm sorry. That John Liz didn't get his due. You know, he should have drank his Kool-Aid, but he here was his his get out of jail free card. Because he still know? had some living to do. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm just He's, saying. Why not right. eat that last bullet, right? Eat that last bullet and go join him now. No, because suicide means that you go to hell and he's not going to see his family. Right. And that's what well, he could tell himself in order to sure. save himself. Right. So I'll change my identity. I'll get a new thing. I'll move to Colorado and I'll meet a woman. I'll get married and have a great time. I'll have a good additional 18 years. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And Without then when a, he's in prison, yeah. he, that's what Frank does when he was in prison, you know, Ken Lanning, and he was trying to get it overturned so many times. He was trying to get that confession letter thrown out. And it's like, he wanted the spotlight. This is why I'm not guilty. This is why mm-hmm. I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like he still is getting that attention and still living that life because why wouldn't he just take his lumps? Like, dude, you're, you've done it. Like what yeah. just, it's done, but he still wanted that attention. I mean, is there any way that he's possibly getting out? No. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Why keep going through that whole thing? I know. See, the problem with not being a believer is that um, I feel like that this guy just got away with it. You know? He did. Just got away with it. He, yeah, he had, to live, he had to live in a box for the rest for several years, the end of his life. But he didn't get shot in the back of the head. And I, I hope he had nightmares of his kids every single night, you know. So. See, that's the thing. He got to live for 18 more years on the outside. He got away with it, right? Yep. He got away with it in prison because in his mind, I'm still going to heaven. Yep. And so he got away with it. And and mm-hmm. that's the part. Because and he got free medical, free dental, and free cable also for the rest of his life when he was in jail. 
I mean, and you could sit there and do a spreadsheet, you know, and you know that would be like, you know, great. I can control myself. I can control everything in here. Yep. You know, so it, it, it I'm glad he right. obviously glad that he was caught. Glad that sure. there was sure. some resolution, but um, it's maybe still some bad shit happened to him in prison that we don't know about. Let's hope. <laughs> That's what I hope. Mm-hmm. Unless he like Andy Dufresne that shit and became like the accountant for like the warden. You know? Oh, why did you have to break? That totally happened, right? Can I bet you- it did. I bet it I totally bet- fucking happened. Oh, I, I believe it. Like, yeah. hey, the old man's going to help me out with my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, Christ. Well, well anyway, um, like I yeah. said, you started off Criminal Mischief with a banger. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Welcome to... Uh, the Criminal Mischief. This is the first of what we hope to be a really long and fruitful and wonderful show filled with stirring and intriguing content. Makes you think, makes you laugh, and uh, makes you keep coming back. So please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. We couldn't be doing this without them. Um, And uh, hop on over to Apple and rate us, review us, share with your friends. It helps more than you know. Uh, Carolyn, great job. Anything you'd like to add? I'm Carolyn Osorio with Brandon Morgan, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.